Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I don't think we'd ever should ever shake hands ever again, to be honest with you. Not only would it be good to prevent coronavirus disease, it probably would decrease the incidence of influenza dramatically in this country. Oh, the Fauciaroo doesn't sound well, does he? He sounds like he's a little under the weather there. Perhaps he should see a good gerontologist or a proctologist to find that bug that's hiding somewhere in a dark and remote recess in his body. It's the Chris Plant Show. Michael Pelka in for my buddy Chris Plant's on a cruise this week. Honored to be here. Thrilled to be here. Thank you. We know you have choices. A lot happening right now. Just got word that that, uh, as Putin gave his speech today, it looks like the... uh, the man behind the Wagner Group has arrived in Belarus, although we didn't see any video. We did not see a single bit of video of, uh, of the arrival. And there were questions as to, as to whether or not uh, there would be someone alive. Uh, Prigozhin's arrival is, is said to have happened, but that's from the president of Belarus, Lukashenko who is just a tool of Vladimir Putin. And the interesting take on this today is not that that uh, Prigozhin is in, in uh, Belarus or Lukashenko is saying he's here and all that good stuff, but what happened yesterday in the White House press briefing when uh, John Kirby was up there answering questions. And I know I said yesterday, I was, I was kind of ebullient. I was saying, wow, Friday when the press briefing happened and the members of the mainstream media started pressing Corinne Jean-Pierre. It seemed like we were back to having a, a press corps that was interested in finding the truth. But yesterday, I, I think we took a step forward on Friday and then maybe a half step back yesterday. We're back to some of the silly stuff. What am I talking about? Uh, here are a couple of the moments from yesterday's press briefing as it relates to John Kirby and what the heck is happening in Russia and Ukraine and Belarus. Demeanor like when he was getting the hour-to-hour updates. Uh, look, I wasn't with the president when he was getting these, so I'm not sure I'm qualified to speak to his demeanor. Uh- so the question, which was kind of muted at the beginning, what was uh, the president's demeanor when he was getting the hour-to-hour updates? What kind of a question is that? What, so what was Joe's demeanor? What was his demeanor when he was getting the hour-to-hour updates? And Kirby actually took the question seriously. You know, if I were there, I'd say, are you kidding me? That's really what you want to know? What was his demeanor? Uh, as you know, the president um, uh, very keenly tracks foreign policy developments around the world. His national security team was giving him updates literally hour by hour throughout the weekend, um, and he was absorbing all that information and making... 
So what was his demeanor? I mean, can we know? Was it was he happy? Was he sad? What was he confused? Probably. Sure that in the context of absorbing it, he was also sharing our perspectives with allies and partners. And as I said, those conversations, uh, they did, it wasn't just one and done. He's had several over the course of the last couple of uh, days, and you're going to see that continue going forward. So what was his demeanor, though? Can we can we not find out what his demeanor was? It didn't get any smarter. The president at all disappointed that this episode came and went and Vladimir Putin's still in power? Was he disappointed? Was he bummed out that, that, that this happened and that Putin's still in power? You know, tell us about his demeanor. The president is focused on supporting Ukraine. Uh, we didn't, we're not taking sides in this internal matter. Wait a minute. So we're... We're focused on supporting Ukraine, but we didn't take any sides on this internal matter, even though this internal matter could have toppled Putin, the guy who started the war in Ukraine. Hmm. So that seems to be in direct contradiction, doesn't it? Uh, the president is going to make sure that we're staying focused on Ukraine. He did say, though, in March 2022, for God's sake, this man cannot remain in power. Regime this change. might have changed that. Regime change is not our policy. We've been very, very clear about that. Well, it was Joe, Biden, Joe Biden's policy a year ago. This man cannot remain in power. But regime change is... This, this guy is a, a mountain of conflicting statements in a suit. That's a nice suit. Now, this even gets better. Again, I had such high hopes. I had such high hopes that we had... We'd gotten back to journalism in the White House press briefings, and then yesterday happened. What should we call what transpired over the weekend? So what should we call? What should we call that? What's the correct branding? Have we done a branding meeting? Have we brought in a focus group and said, all right, now we're going we're gonna to talk about what happened in, uh, in Russia over the weekend with the Wagner Group. And we'd like to know which of these labels do you think is the more appropriate label? What should we call it? Is it a mutiny, coup, or attempted coup, an armed rebellion? We're not slapping a bumper sticker on it, Ed. Good. I, I'm glad Kirby said that. I, I wish he would have said that to the first person who asked the question about the president's demeanor. We're not going to slap a bumper sticker on this. Are you nuts? Are you crazy? We're not going to slap a bumper sticker. That that really was when it hit a low point for me yesterday. And that's even before KJP got out there. Just insane. Really insane. Oh, boy. Um, I, I want to get to more of the crazy topics and crazy clips that I have, but I see a few of you have been hanging on for just a little bit. So let's, uh, let's check in and, and see what's on the people's minds uh, Jeff is listening in Lexington, Kentucky on 590 AM. Hey, Jeff, uh, welcome to the program. What's happening, sir? Well, I'm not a theorist or anything like that, but my concern with the Democrat and this left-leaning agenda is, of course, they're the party of segregation, slavery, and bigotry, along with pedophilia. Yes, sir. And my fear or concern is that if they think that an eight- 12 or even a 14 year old child can decide what sex they want to be if that's allowed what prevents that 8 12 or 14 year old child from saying 
I have a right to have sex with an adult, which is pedophilia, but now it becomes legal because of the choices they made. And that's what concerns me. And I've had not heard anybody address that thought process. Well, Jeff, you're, you're right. And, you know, kids can't make rational decisions. And that's why most states, I think it's virtually every state, won't allow a child to get a tattoo. You have to be of your majority. You have to be 18 years old. Most states won't let you get in a tanning booth until you're 18 years old. Most states won't let you buy a firearm, buy a car, get a loan, buy a home, sign up to fight and die for your country, vote. It's just amazing to me. But yet we want... We want to be told by these people, we really don't want to be told, but they think we want to be told that they understand that when a child says, well, gee, I might be, uh, I might be somebody else, not, not, not the biological gender that God has given me, that uh, I might need a gender-affirming care. It is, is really frightening to me. And, and now we've, we've put this person, this person that uh, they took out of Pennsylvania, this Ad- Admiral Levine, who used to be uh, a gentleman and now is a gentleman dressing as a woman, and we're told that we have to respect this person, who also, by the way, in the middle of pandemic, took uh, uh, Levine took their own mother out of um, out of a care facility because the pandemic was raging inside the facility and elderly people were at risk but made sure that they took care of their own family member while the rest of the population be damned. So it's really disturbing to me that there are not just two tiers of justice, but there's two tiers of care. There's two tiers of logic. There are separate, separate uh, groups here that one isn't allowed to have an opinion while the other one is allowed to tell you you have to agree with them. Or you're the problem. And getting back to the um, the statement of a, a child saying that they, they could be groomed and brainwashed into thinking that they're old enough and responsible enough to have sex. There are a whole bunch of people out there that want don't want to be called pedophiles anymore. They want to be called minor attracted persons or maps. I think Chris has talked about that, too. It is um, it is something we have to stand up against and say, no. No, we're not going to accept you rebranding. It's like uh, last week, I think it was Elon Musk decided he was no longer going to allow the term cis or cisgender on Twitter because it's a made-up term. It's a made-up term that was made up by a pedophile as well. So we're seeing green shoots of common sense everywhere, and we have to take them where we see them, Jeff. But you're right. The, uh, the left wants to... Uh, push children into a place where they can manipulate them, and it's um, it's it's not good for anybody. Ultimately, it's not good for the kids. But I appreciate you making the call, sir. We talked earlier about Levine, Admiral Levine, the Assistant Secretary for Health, uh, who during the uh, presenta- presentation of the Summer of Pride, yeah, I, I, I think Chris played this clip uh, last week at this time, This was Levine at a government-sponsored event called the Summer of Pride. Hello, my name is Admiral Rachel Levine, and I have the honor of being the Assistant Secretary for Health at the United States Department of Health and Human Services. Happy Pride. Happy Pride Month. And actually, let's declare it a Summer of Pride. Happy Summer of Pride. No. 
You guys should have gotten a day. You got you took a month. You're not getting the whole summer. That's not that's not it. You don't have that power. And by the way, Levine is someone who lived life as a man, got married, had children, and then decided this transition was necessary. After after they had lived their life as a as a man, gotten married, again, had children, but now it's all important that that we force this upon young people who might be having some some mental health issues. And now we, as people, are saying, well, maybe you need to hold on. Maybe you need to dial it back a little bit. During the same event, Levine was lamenting that uh, anyone who opposes gender reassignment surgery or puberty blockers, which are horrible for your body, Anyone who opposes this, well, you're the problem here. So, you know, let's talk for a moment about the trans um, health care that our community needs and transgender medicine and gender-affirming care. I mean, that term is important, although our opponents have weaponized it. Have we, so, you know, have let's we, talk for have a we weaponized about- it? No, let's not talk about it. Have we weaponized it or have we brought the truth forward? Because if you look at the implications on, on the body, you can't go back and put the penis back on. It's not going to work the same. You you can't undo what's happening here. You can't unring the bell. And the puberty blockers are just, it's poison to the body. And I, I heard a story today. I have to make sure I double check the source on it. But there is an allegation that the puberty blockers are not approved, FDA approved for the use that they're being, in a majority of cases, uh, prescribed for. They were only made for certain instances. And uh, the the Trans Assistant Secretary for Health also wants us to know about more about the gender-affirming care. You know, it, it's it's so it's such an important issue for our youth and adults. As you said, some of these laws are actually extending in, into adulthood. You know, we often say that gender-affirming care is health care, gender-affirming care is mental health care, and gender-affirming care is literally suicide prevention care. With- so the interesting thing here is no one's connecting the dots, and I love to connect the dots. And I think we have a, a dot connection opportunity here with the Assistant Secretary for Health saying that there's a suicide risk among this group of people who want to change their genders. That tells me there's a big problem here. I don't know, maybe a mental health problem here that you should pump the brakes on what you're pushing. We'll get back to it, plus a few other topics. Michael Pelkin for Chris Plant on The Chris Plant Show. Hey, Chris here with some exciting news. Now you can listen to me live on the WMAL app. Doesn't matter if you're in your car, in the office, on the go. The WMAL app delivers crystal clear around-the-clock news coverage anywhere with cell service or Wi-Fi. So don't miss a second of your favorite shows. Download the WMAL app today on the Apple App Store or at Google Play Store. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about 
how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. It is the Chris Plant Show. Michael Pelka in for Chris Plant as he is cruising with some lucky listeners. Boy, the calls are just piling in. So let's try and do a quick lightning round. Maybe we'll get back to uh, some of these uh, some of these other topics real quickly. Uh, Joe in uh, La Plata, Maryland, is on the phone. Hey, Joe, welcome to the Chris Plant Show. What's on your mind? Hey, not a whole lot, friend. I'm out here at Port Tobacco, Maryland. Point, whatever, Chapel Point, uh, first place Father Andrew White landed in the 1600s, the Jesuit priest. But that said, thank you for your work. And uh, I just wanted to say that this is a real problem in our country, along with all the other ones that we're dealing with at the same time, while we're not getting anywhere fast. And uh, the man in the womb man problem, I think is kind of, I wonder what your opinion is, Mike. I come, I'm coming up with maybe we can just call a man or womb man you got oh, a womb I'm, or you don't um, well i yeah you're anyway. right i i'm a big believer in there are only two genders and then there's some people with issues that we need to give help to and i like this man and womb man uh well done joe <laughs> I, i'm with you on that uh don is in chicago listening on the great wls don welcome to the chris plant show what's up Hi, Mike. Uh, thanks for taking my call. You know, when these conversations about this gender-affirming care come up and all these drugs and everything that they're doing, and they, they, they always throw out the suicide issue as if that's the only, that's the only choice in the matter, right? You know, well, we've got to help them because they might commit suicide. No, they could get better. They could get healed. And, you know, I volunteer with drugs, drug and alcohol uh, patients in rehab. I've been sober for 37 years. And um, and this comes up with parents. You're dealing with parents, and they'll go, well, I don't want them to be homeless or commit suicide, so I don't know if I should push the help issue. I go, no, there's more than one choice. It's not just suicide or, or homelessness. It's They could get help, and they could get cured. You know, Don, you bring up such an important point, and I'm so glad. Number one, I'm so glad you hit your 35-year mark, and I hope you got all the coins that you picked up along the way. Uh, and uh, I'm also really keen that you presented this important topic. The suicide threat is often the way a person gets someone to shut up about a, a topic they don't want to address or don't want to discuss. The threat of suicide freezes you and prevents you from actually pushing through to the point where you might give help to that person who so desperately needs it. This is a mental health issue in many, many, many cases, and we've allowed it to be moved into this, this weird cultural social issue. And I really think we need to be smarter about it. But of course, it's somebody from my old hometown of Chicago that came up with that. Thank you, Don. Appreciate you. It's Michael Pelka. We still have more to get to, including I didn't tell you where Fauci's going. Not that you care. But we're going to pay for the security there, too. It's Opelka in for Plant on The Chris Plant Show.
And welcome back to the Chris Plant Show. Mike Opelka in for my buddy Chris Plant. So much to try and get here, get to here in this last half hour. I know I've been teasing it. Dr. Fauci, the Faucheroo, the Faucherino. He's uh, he's retired now at 82 years old, but uh, don't worry about him. He's He's going to get his Social Security, and I'm sure he's got a giant pension from working in the federal government for all these years. And you and I paid him well, but also contributed to his pension. And now he's going to get a job next week. He starts Monday, actually. Actually starts on the 1st, so Saturday, July 1st. He starts at uh, Georgetown. He's going to be a professor. That's kind of exciting, isn't it? It's very exciting. Well, it's exciting for him because uh, he's Anthony Fauci. Matt is in Fairfax, Virginia. Matt, welcome to the Chris Plant Show. You're very excited about Fauci going to be on the payroll at Georgetown? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm just dancing with joy. Uh, <laughs> Georgetown has, a, has an interesting history with some of their faculty picks. In 1982, they, they landed a big fish who was considered the world's diplomat. And then uh, he was on the faculty for a short while at School Foreign Service. And then they found out the truth. That was Kurt Waldheim. (laughs) It's funny how that comes back to bite you, doesn't it? Kurt Waldheim was hired, and then they had to, did they quietly fire him, or did it just try to make it go away in the news? Appeared him. He he actually was the... uh, dedication speaker for a new building on campus and uh they had a, a large marble a memorial plaque and they chipped it out of the wall wow <laughs> erasing history just like the taliban would have them do you know it's like taking down uh confederate monuments instead of learning from them they want to remove history i'm i'm all for making sure we tell people when we made mistakes but don't try and hide it from us we're smarter than that we, we need well, to make Memorial sure. Hall. Go ahead. Yeah, Memorial Hall at uh, Harvard, they had sort of the same thing where they allow uh, students who became Nazi uh, Nazi soldiers, they're still on the, on the plaque, but no Confederates. How interesting is that? Wow, that's fascinating. Thank you, Matt. I love the history. I think history is so important to all of us, and we, we just sometimes skip Skip paying attention to what history's lessons really mean for us. While we're on the phones, let's let's bounce over to Judy, who's listening uh, on the uh, the mothership WMAL. Judy, welcome to the Chris Palancio. What's on your mind? Well, I'll tell you what. I am so tipped at these people, these transgenders, and the, I I don't care what they do. Leave the children alone. God would cure all this. Because God gave you, blessed you with a boy, or God blessed you with a girl, that's what you have. Because God doesn't make mistakes. And the sooner these people realize this and get back to Jesus, they'll figure out what they gave them. Oh, your phone's breaking up on me, but, you know, you're right. God gave you, God gave you a gift. God doesn't make mistakes. I appreciate you, Judy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Joe is in uh, uh, Larson, Missouri, near Kansas City, listening on uh, KCMO. Hello, Joe. Welcome to the Chris Plant Show. 
Uh, thanks for taking my call. I was just uh, wanted to say something about uh, uh, when Biden uh, went off script the other day and talking about the bridge across the Pacific Ocean and everything. And yeah. he ended up by saying, like, I'm going off script and I'm going to get in trouble. But correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't the president of the United States the most powerful man in the world? And how can you go thinking that you're going to get in trouble by saying whatever you say? Well, he thinks if that's most- endearing. He Joe Biden keeps thinking every time, like when he comes out and says, hi, my name's Joe, I'm Jill Biden's husband. He thinks that's endearing. It's avuncular. It's it's good old Joe when really behind it, he is a guy who probably in his head says, I'm the most powerful man on the planet. Don't cross me. And And that is probably where Hunter learned that. You know, you look at Hunter's phone call or his text message on the WhatsApp application. And it it sounds like a bully, which we have proof of Joe Biden. Remember, he yelled at that guy, called him fat. Another guy, he said, how many push-ups do you want to do? It, it is his modus operandi. This guy is a bully. This is the guy who, as you said correctly, the most powerful man on the planet. He knows he's not going to get in any trouble. But his brain is slowly, and maybe a little more rapidly these days, turning to mush. And and he's in trouble. I think he's got a, a problem here. Uh, but but some I got a note here from the screener that said, you think that maybe Obama might be the big guy that's often referred to in these Ukraine and uh, uh, Biden crime family discussions? I guess we lost Joe. That's OK. That's OK. Uh, Chris is in Front Royal, Virginia. Christopher in Front Royal. Welcome to the Chris Blanche Show. Chris, what's on your mind? Yes, it seems that the uh, um, puberty blockers were used for sterilizing sex criminals, pedophiles, and now they're doing that. They're uh, sterilizing the transgender kids to reduce the population. It's just pathetic. It's evil. Well, it's just, I don't know if the specific... The first- Tent is to reduce population, Christopher. It it is a, a fact that 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 uh, puberty blockers and many drugs have been used to to deal with pedophiles in the past, and we're hearing that the FDA has not approved these drugs for the use that they are being prescribed right now. So we need to look into that. I appreciate the states that are trying to protect the children. I appreciate the states that are trying to say. Until these kids are of their majority, you're not allowed to do something to them that will forever change their lives. If a 15-year-old, a 14-year-old, a 13-year-old is put on puberty blockers or, God forbid, has their breast cut off or their penis cut off, those aren't changes you can reverse. They will forever be, be either on those puberty blockers and had their lives affected it, it truly is barbaric. And now we're seeing places like Sweden, places like Denmark, which were early adopters saying, hey, you should, you should accept this. And now they're going, you know, we made a mistake here. We're kind of going to backtrack on this whole thing. So I'm happy to see that this is changing. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, disgusting to me what's being done to children in the name of political correctness. And in in terms of talking about children, I need to make sure I mention this. There's a group out there called Moms for Liberty. It is a conservative parents' rights group. 
and they are holding an event in in Philadelphia this weekend, and they're going to have a whole bunch of uh, Republican presidential candidates there. And I think Robert Kennedy Jr. is going to show up too. But these are moms who want the world to know that the kids are our kids, not your kids, government, not your kids, liberals. They belong to the parents. And the parents are the ones who have agency until those kids become of their majority. And there is a fact check out from the good people at Reuters. This came out yesterday, late last night at Reuters. A fact check because the Moms for Liberty were being called, oh, just a terrible, terrible organization by the Southern Poverty Law Center, which is a far left far left group that's funded by I think Soros has a lot of cash in the Southern Poverty Law Center and they are just well they're they're pit bulls going after anyone who dares to stand up to the progressive ideology and the Southern Poverty Law Center said oh those people those people in Moms for Liberty they they put up a Hitler quote and they must be stopped. We must have them canceled everywhere. The quote that was posted that was never, ever, ever put online by Moms for Liberty reads, we must secure the existence of our people and a future for white children. They never posted that quote. The tweet which said, oh, my God, the tweet which comes from Resist Republicans in Florida uh, it says, to be honest, this was the whole Hitler quote that has me want to run for office. And they deleted it, but deleting it doesn't change who they are and how they feel. Well, the quote was never posted. You can find these things out. You can tell if something actually existed previously and was deleted on Twitter, on the Internet. And Reuters looked into it. Reuters looked into it and said, yeah, we agree with Moms for Liberty. This was a faked deleted tweet that then went viral on Twitter and had all of the um, all of the advocates for all the liberal causes calling Philadelphia and saying you have to cancel this event you cannot let them have this event the Museum of the American Revolution in Philadelphia was getting massive pressure from social justice warriors they they wanted them to pull out of the event space that was rented to the Moms for Liberty for the Thursday event. They have a sold-out Joyful Warrior Summit scheduled at the Philadelphia Marriott as well, this Thursday through Sunday. And the museum event is also happening. Well, now, thankfully, the museum has said, um, we realize this is Bravo Sierra, and uh, this tweet is fake. So we're, we're not going to renege. We may not agree with everything Moms for Liberty stands for, but, you know, it's kind of, a, it's kind of all about that free speech thing. It's called, kind of all about Philadelphia being a, a center of the American Revolution and the, the flashpoint in our country for the Declaration of Independence. So they're not a hate group. The museum is not canceling the event, no matter what. Democrats in Pennsylvania keep pushing. It's Bravo Sierra, as I mentioned. It's not true. It's just not true. There have been investigations on this. And now people are coming after the Marriott. The Marriott Hotel, which booked this. Do you think that uh, presidential candidates like Robert Kennedy Jr., like Donald John Trump, 
like Nikki Haley, like Vivek Ramiswamy, would attend something if there was even a hint of, of something that the left is accusing, that the Southern Poverty Law Center is accusing? I certainly don't think so. It's amazing. Amazing it's gotten this far. But uh, there'll be updates on this tomorrow and Thursday as they get ready to kick it off. I'm sure there'll be protesters out there because they're not admitting the truth that we're seeing here. The truth that the Moms for Liberty have struck a nerve. Moms for Liberty. And think about that. Moms for Liberty. You wouldn't have to. You didn't think you'd have to stand up and fight for liberty in this country. But here we are because the Democrats are crazy. Uh, let me see if I can grab a quick call here before I take a break. Uh, Johnny, listening uh, on WMAL in, in Martinsburg, West Virginia. Hey, Johnny, welcome to the Chris Plant Show. What's on your mind? Hey, I just want to say uh, hello to another uh, Chicagoan. I'm, uh, yes, sir. Four quarters old, Chicago. old South Sider, born four and raised quarters. in the Old South four Side. Quarters. And then Chris and I'm I grew up in the, in the North Suburbs. Uh, are there garages there under those row houses? <laughs> in Chicago? <laughs> or in the backyard behind the row houses? It, well, we, a lot we, of garages there. Well, this is weird. I could tell you this. Growing up on the south side, we had an alley where oh, all the deliveries side. and garbage were. I didn't hear that either. We had alleys, I'm, and I'm in the alleys you had here. garages. So, yeah, there were garages yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> Except in Chicago, yeah, Johnny. Johnny, we yeah. don't pronounce it garage. We pronounce it grudge. It's a grudge. Grudge. But grudge. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's like a one-syllable word. Word Grudge. We're having a grudge sale. Uh, thank you, Johnny. Appreciate you getting me back to my Chicago roots. Oh, I'll grab one more quick one. Eric is listening on the great WLS in Chicago. Eric, you have something to share with the class today? Yeah, hello, Michael. A famous man once said, that uh, the definition of a conservative vegetarian is a vegetarian who wants to grow his vegetables in peace, eat his vegetables in peace with no fear from the government. The definition of a liberal vegetarian is a vegetarian that demands a UB-1-2 no matter what the cost. You just said that. <laughs> That's true. That's an old Rush quote. That's a great one. Yeah, hey, uh, Eric, while you're driving the streets of Chicago there and listening on WLS, uh, do you know how you tell if someone's a vegetarian? How's that? You don't have to. They'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember the day that Rush said that. I was driving when he said it. I'm like, wow, that was so cool. <laughs> I missed the guy. I missed the guy a lot, but he's correct. Yes, liberals, he was correct. You know, he it, was, it was correct. It was kind of like the, 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 the Seinfeld. Why won't you wear the ribbon? You know? It's yeah, it's exactly board. it. You, he's not wearing the ribbon. He's not wearing the ribbon over here. I'm taking a break. It's Michael Pelkin for Chris Plant on the Chris Plant Show. Kind of feels like it's almost time to get the funk out of here. It's Michael Pelkin for Chris Plant. While he's cruising, I'm in here. And thank God for Michael Piercy and Jeff Wolf and everybody helping prop up this show. I, I meant to get to the story about Monjaro. I don't even know if you know about Monjaro. Monjaro and Ozempic, and now a new experimental drug in this world of weight loss, uh, Ritatritude. I think I said that right. Ritatritude. 
It sounds like a an ancient curse word. Retatritude on you. Uh, there is a a huge industry developing in the world of weight loss. It's always been a gigantic industry, no pun intended. But uh, the the weight loss drugs that were originally meant to help people with type two diabetes are just showing remarkable results in terms of the loss of actual weight, which we as a country could stand to lose a few trillion pounds. I know that. Everybody wants to be a little bit lighter because it's better for your joints. It's better for you to get around and uh, do more things, which is ultimately better for your heart and your health. But the discovery of what we're seeing with drugs like Ozempic and Monjaro and Ritatritude, and I'm sure there's another one out there. They are jaw-dropping, but they're also poaching some of the, uh, the drugs from people who need it for their type 2 diabetes and causing an increase in cost. And now we're hearing that there's an actual side effect. And I, I did not know about the side effect and we'll get into this tomorrow in depth because I'm going to speak with a doctor from the Cleveland Clinic about all the research on this. Uh, there's something called Ozempic butt, which apparently if you lose a lot of weight, your butt might flatten out, which means I guess then the people who do those implant surgeries are going to be making more money too. But there's also something called Ozempic finger, which it's not dirty. Don't worry about it. Ozempic finger is what happens when uh, you lose so much weight that your jewelry falls off, your, your rings fall off your fingers, and then you have to go in and have them resized. But there are side effects to these losses of weight, these gigantic losses of weight. In some cases, it's 30 to 60 pounds in a year or less. There are side effects, and you need to be mindful of them. And we'll, we will dive into that deeper tomorrow. Because we'll have more, we need to get a little more answers. But if we lost all the weight, the savings to this country in terms of treatment of people who are morbidly obese or obese, they're staggering as well. The, the medical industrial complex, the pharmaceutical industrial complex will be engaged forever because people will have to be on these weekly drugs for the rest of their lives. But it also means maybe we won't need any, as many amputations or knee replacements or hip replacements. It's a kind of fascinating thing. I will dig deeper into it. We'll also keep our eyes on what's happening with uh, the crazy Hunter stuff, the Donald Trump tape stuff, what's going on with the Russians and the Ukrainians and the Belarus and the Wagner Group, all of it. And we'll be here again tomorrow. Till next time, testudo, my friends. Testudo. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.